is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Right, fantastic. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah, um, and I've been given the privilege of um, and the opportunity to have a little chat with you today about the significance of the Christmas story. But I also wanted to start with a game today. Now, one of the programs that Fred and I love to watch together is Taskmaster. Can you put your hands in the air if you've ever watched or you are a fan of Taskmaster? Oh, fantastic. Well, it is a team task today. Okay, so I am going to be looking for an adult and a young person to help me do a Taskmaster challenge. So, who would like to be involved in a Taskmaster challenge today? Okay, let's have Sandeep. Would you like to cook? And a young person to work with Sandeep. Who thinks that they could work well with Sandeep? Um, Matthew Willoughby. All right, okay, it's been chosen. Come on, come on to the front. Well done, well done. Okay, I need another team. Anybody else who is up? And I need an adult first, an adult, adult, adult. Otherwise, I'm just going to pick on you. Ben? Excellent, yes. Fantastic. And I need somebody else. Bo, do you want to come? Okay, right, come to the front. Stand behind the table. Okay. Right. So to read, oh, I've just realized I might need another microphone. Sorry. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Okay. So to read the task, um, Ben, I think we'll go for you if that's all right. So, okay. There's no wax. No, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Disappointing. Okay. Build a house of bread. You have 100 seconds. Ah. Your time starts when Sarah says that I was going to just not read that last bit. <laughs> right, okay. So your challenge is, is to build a house of bread. You have 100 seconds. I actually do need some help with 100 seconds. Has anyone got a stopwatch? Means, oh, brilliant. Luke, is it? Is that right? Great. Okay, you can be our timer. All right, okay. So when the whistle blows, your time will begin. Are you ready? Okay, go, go, go. Let's give them some encouragement. Okay, we're going to be looking for some definite house-like features at the end of this. Have we got some kind of roof? Oh, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, are we definitely sure we've got Taskmaster fans here? Are we thinking it through? Have we got some lateral thoughts? <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh. 
What's going on? I don't know. We've got 30 seconds left on the clock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can take it. We can take it. Yeah. What else is there? Anything else? Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. It's time to judge. Step away from the table. Okay. So, uh, Sandeep, would you like to explain your construction? Thank you. Well, Sarah, you never said really the house had to be sort of a height type thing, did you? You had to be tall. So really from the perspective where we are, this looks like a house to me. Right. Okay. I think, and I think that works. I think it's a beautiful house. I'd live in it. <laughs> Made of bread. Better than their one. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, and do we have any typical features of a house? You know, the door to get in? Yeah, that's there. Yeah. I'm making that now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Bit of a window. Bit of a window. Chimney. Yeah, okay, all right. House, everybody. Okay, and... Uh, Bakery. Okay, do you want to pass the microphone over? And Ben, would you like to explain what you've got? Well, I mean, often when I'm on Zoopla looking at a house, one of my favourite physical characteristics is often the ones I'm after are three-dimensional. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> most houses aren't just a single row of bricks on the floor and they say, oh, well, imagine there'd be a chimney there. What I like about our house is it's very much in the traditional form, you know, four walls and... For that Middle Eastern, you know, effect, a flat roof <laughs> for Bethlehem. It's not because we couldn't do it in time and panicked. It's, it's, that, that's what we were thinking all along. Okay, right. Well, it's up to you guys to be the judges. All right. Okay, so in a minute, I'm going to ask you to cheer for which house you think deserves to be the winner of our Taskmaster Challenge today. So if you think it is Sandeep's team, can I hear a cheer? Boo! Ooh, a ripple, rubbish. a ripple at best. Okay, and what about the team over here? Yeah, 3D house! Yeah, it was the 3D team that won, so well done. Thank you very much. I do have a prize somewhere, but I can't remember quite where I put it, so I'll give it you at the end, if that's all right. Yes, bread for lunch. Right, now I'm just wondering, I should pass that back, if anyone knows what has a house of bread got to do with the Christmas story? Ooh, no idea for Theo. So we're going, Theo's going to learn something today. Anybody know? Any of our older people perhaps know? What has a house of bread got to do with the Christmas story? Anyone? Elders? Is it something to do with a stable? Not right, no. No, Jesus was not born in a gingerbread house, Tim. No. Hannah, do you know? Well done, Hannah. Round of applause. I can tell you've got a good biblical studies teacher at school. 
The, <laughs> the house of bread is actually another name for Bethlehem. Did you know some people didn't know that? Well, there we go. We've all learned something today. My job is done. No, not quite. Okay. So, yeah, the house of bread. That is literally what Bethlehem means. Now, why would God choose the house of bread to be the birthplace for his son? Well, I know that God had actually already chosen Bethlehem to be the birthplace of his son 700 years before he was even born. I mean, some of you don't even know what you're getting for Christmas for a member of your family. And Christmas is next week, yet God had this in hand. He had it already planned. In fact, God already knew way before 700 years, but he told us. He gave us a hint and a clue 700 years before Jesus was born that Bethlehem, the house of bread, was going to be the first home for Jesus. Now, I want to just tell you a little bit what life was like 700 years before Jesus was born. Okay, so... God had chosen a nation called Israel. And this nation was made up of 12 tribes. And God had made a covenantal promise with the nation of Israel. And he said to them, I'm going to be your God. And you are going to be my people. And it was a promise that God was never going to break. And um, we see some amazing days for that nation of Israel. We see that they get set free from slavery in Egypt. Amazing! We see um, God uh, be with them and take them to a new land, the promised land. Amazing! But actually, 700 years before Christ was born, it wasn't a great day. In fact, it was at a time of war. You see, the 12 tribes of Israel had separated. There were 10 tribes in the north, the northern kingdom, and two tribes, Judah, in the south. And sadly, the people of Israel had forgotten the covenantal promise that they had made with God. And they had started to worship other gods. And it was not an amazing day. In fact, God had allowed the Assyrian army, say boo, boo, the Assyrian army to come and attack the northern kingdom. And we are told that they overpowered the northern kingdom when they attacked them and the 10 tribes of Israel were then scattered. It was not a good day. It was a day of war, a day of darkness, a day of fear, and a day of worry. And the problem was, the Assyrians didn't look like they were stopping at the north. They wanted to come for the south. Just imagine that, the Assyrian army on the doorstep of the southern kingdom. And it's then that a voice is heard in the darkness. A prophetic voice that spoke words of hope to that southern kingdom. 
And we're going to look at those words now. It was given through the prophet Micah. Okay, and I'm going to grab my Bible as well. What I love about this prophecy is that it's a bit like an echo. It was relevant for then, but the sound of the prophecy continues till we see the fulfillment of this prophecy 700 years in the future in a little town called the House of Bread. These are the words that Micah spoke. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. This was the voice of God speaking 700 years before Christ was born. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been spending a lot of time thinking and pondering over this particular portion of Scripture. And it says, right at the very beginning, you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah. And in fact, another Bible translation says that Bethlehem, though you are small amongst the thousands of clans of Judah. Okay. Bethlehem is little in size. Do you know they couldn't even scrounge together a thousand people for the army? It was so small. It was considered almost like the runt of the litter. Weak. Least. I just wonder if anyone here has had a Bethlehem day or sadly even a Bethlehem year. A time in your life where you've just thought, especially compared to others, I'm just not worth it. I'm not good enough. Has anyone ever felt like that before? When you look at somebody else and you see all that they have and all that they can offer and all that they can bring and you think, what have I got? I just feel so insignificant. Well, I want to encourage you, if you've had a Bethlehem day this year, that God chose Bethlehem. He chose the house of bread to be the home of his son. Isn't that amazing? Yes, this is the God that we worship. The God who does not overlook us. He loves us. And we have of great significance and great worth to him. So, God picks out this house of bread. Now, bread has huge amount of symbolism in the Bible. If you trace through the biblical narrative and you look at the purpose of bread, you will see that it is a real symbol of God's provision. We saw it when the Israelites were in the desert. They had nothing to eat and they were moaning and groaning and grumbling and God provided for them daily manna. That was bread 
for them to eat. Bread was there to sustain them, to give them what they needed. It was also part of their worship because they broke bread at the Passover to remember the time when God had rescued them. A time when um, they put the lamb's blood above their, their gateposts, their doorways, and the angel of death passed over them. And so to remember that, to remember that rescue, they ate bread as part of their worship. So bread has great significance in the Bible. And I want to remind us this Christmas time, as we look at this story that is set in the house of bread, that actually there is still a great provision from God through the presence of his son coming down to earth. He still satisfies our greatest need through the gift of Jesus. And I want to explain to you this morning how Jesus coming to earth meets our greatest need and also, again, shows us God's rescue plan. Just have Adam just to come and help me for a second. Right, now, boys and girls, you're going to want to watch this. So, I've got here a handkerchief, and this handkerchief represents everybody in this room. It represents me, it represents you, and in fact, it represents everybody in the world. The Bible tells us that we need Jesus because of our sin. It says in the Bible that everybody has fallen short of God's standards. We all do things that are wrong. And I'm just going to make this handkerchief as dirty as I can to represent the fact that, do you know what? We all do things wrong. We say things and we think things. And you know what? Sometimes we don't do the things that we should do. And that also isn't God's best for us. And this is the sin represented in our hearts. And our greatest needs is to be forgiven, to be made clean again. And so we might try. We might try and do our best efforts. Do you know what? We might even go to church and we might think that'll be, that'll be good. Going to church and I'm going to do some good things. I'm going to do my best to look out for other people. I might even give some money to charity. I might give some of my time to help somebody else. And they are all fantastic things that we can do. But do you know what? It doesn't make us clean. There's only one thing that can make us clean. And that's accepting what Jesus has done for us. And this represents Jesus. And the fact that he came to the house of bread and he was born as the son of God. He came and he lived his life of love. And then he died on the cross. 
And when we see that Jesus has died on the cross for us, when we choose to believe that, a really special thing happens. We are told that we are washed, not only clean, but clothed in something called righteousness. Clothed in righteousness. We have then been made right with God. And hopefully, you will see that the stains have disappeared. That is how we are clothed in righteousness, not because of our own efforts, not because of what we do. It's not about me, myself, and I, but it's about Jesus and what he has done for us. But do you know what? Some of you here I know are already clothed in God's righteousness. You've made that choice. You are a follower of Jesus and you love him. But there is a world that still lives in darkness. There is a world that still doesn't have the hope that you have. And I want to encourage us this Christmas time to be like the shepherds. When the shepherds peered in and they saw Jesus, the saviour of the world, they couldn't help but leave that place and go and tell everyone that they met. So that they too can be made clean. Can I pray? Father God, at this Christmas time, we want to say thank you so very, very much for Jesus. We thank you that he is the one who died on the cross for us so that we can be clothed in righteousness. And I want to pray for anybody here who hasn't yet made that choice to be clothed in, right, in real righteousness, Lord, that you would prompt them this morning not to wait another day, but to accept the gift of Jesus into their hearts, to know that they've been made right through what Jesus did on the cross. And Lord, for those of us who know, I pray that you would put an urgency in our hearts to go and tell the world what you have done for us so that many may be washed clean today because of your good news. We thank you that you provided for us our greatest need. You rescued us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.